I feel like he's out there like mixing it up with the players in practice. He's got it. He's. I'm telling you though, he, he, there's something very Neanderthalish about him, and I he's, love it. I like that he's very like candid and upfront in pressers and interviews too. Yeah, like he's always shooting straight with you. Dan Campbell, baby, I'm telling like, you. I, I can't wait to see what they what he does when they get there first. Wait, he's gonna bite a bat's head off in the locker room. He or something. It, he a lot of his comments get taken out of context. Like, do you remember the Jared Goff comments? Yeah, where he's like, he needs to play better. Did you watch that full interview? No, he was essentially like saying a laundry list of everybody that needs to play better, including himself. Like that he needs to. Coach and they better. clipped Goff. Yes, of course. Which is you know like a classic media thing, and then the, everyone runs away with it. Yeah, media man, they're all scumbags. But yeah, he was, he basically threw everyone under the bus, including himself, and then they just clipped it, which I hate. Yeah, let's go, man. Yeah, what is going on, everybody? Sorry about being late here. Had some difficulties prior to the show, but we are here. We are talking football. Monday night edition on the strategy show presented by no house advantage dave locker once again i think i said that already at Lafay underscore d on the twitter hit your boy up and while you're there say hello to matt gajeski with me once again at matt underscore gajeski g-a-j-e-w-s-k-i on the twitters what's happening brother another week almost in the books yeah man really excited for another showdown slate i think showdown might be my favorite DFS form right now. It really might be. I like digging into the weeds, getting into all this. I feel like every single week we come on here Monday morning and talk about just the craziness that was the NFL the week prior. And this week certainly lived up to that. I mean, there were a lot of spots that I personally was not expecting the Colts Bills game, just complete disarray there. The Bills, I don't know what's going on with them, but they've now played some really, really poor games. The Jacksonville one stands out and then just getting blown out by the Colts. We talked about it at length about the Texans Titans games and some of the some of the bad beats you took there. So I mean it's just another crazy week in the NFL. It's it's hard to predict on a week to week basis. Yeah, man. I'm listen, I, I'm glad we can move past yesterday because I was I was on full tilt and I, I told you before the show, I was like, I don't usually talk about beats, but yes, yeah, yesterday I won't get into it. Just put it this way. My biggest live bet of the year was halftime Titans money line and Tannehill decided to get picked four times and the punt returner actually forgot how to return punts just, just, just right off the back of his heel. And then, uh, yeah, you're right. Anthony, the Titans have lost, they've lost three games. And one of those was the jets. The other was the Texans. I forget who the other one was. Was it the Colts? I don't remember, but yeah, it's brutal. And then I had over 48 and a half rushing yards for Alex Collins. We're going into the second half feeling good, Matt. He's got 38. I'm thinking, okay, we need 11 yards. We need 11 yards in a one-score game. Give me a couple runs, three or four runs here. It's in the bag. Finish with 36. And I, I was looking at that. I played a lot of Collins in DFS, had him in my cash team on the afternoon-only slate. So obviously that did not go according to plan. But I, I mean, like a lot of the afternoon slate didn't go according to plan. You look at the game that had the best total on the day too. Dallas, Kansas City, that one turned into a just absolute disaster. And we've seen this with Kansas City a lot of late. I mean, some of that coming down to turnovers, both teams actually moved the ball fairly well, but Kansas City turnovers definitely hurt them. Dallas, they're down a lot of their top skill position players. CD goes out of the game. Zeke is in and out, and we'll have to see about his health ahead of the Thanksgiving slate. But some of these teams with high-powered offenses just limping into the second half of the season. 
<laughs> this Thanksgiving slate is going to be a beautiful disaster, and I can't wait. I'm kind of excited. I won't Me lie too. To you. I mean, look, you're probably going to be without. You're going to be without Amar. You're probably going to be without CD Lamb. Uh, Allen Robinson probably won't play. Not to say that means a whole lot, but uh, Justin Fields could be out. Which sucks, Matt, because I would love for Allen Robinson to have Andy Dalton. I'm not even kidding. Like, just give me one slate with Andy Dalton throwing the Robinson so I can either, you know, prove or disprove my theory here uh, on his production. Uh, and then what else do you have? You have Vegas, right? They've looked like they've looked awful. Yeah, they played Dallas. So that game actually is the highest total. And it's not really that close. Like, I think the Chicago Detroit game is going to be one people just hard fade. It is a 41 and a half total. Then in the afternoon slot, Las Vegas, Dallas is over 50. And then at night, you have Buffalo, New Orleans with a 46 and a half. And I think, I mean, there's potential in that game. I think most of that just comes down to New Orleans playing slow and not having a quarterback at this point. You and I are going to be talking about it on Wednesday, man. Can't wait. Uh, but oh, what a shit's like that. In Buffalo, Jonathan Taylor is, is a man amongst boys right now. This guy is absolutely filthy. And he single-handedly along with that offensive line, ran over that Buffalo team yesterday. Meanwhile, New Orleans gave up 250 rushing yards to the Eagles. Eagles offense looks insanely good right now with that offensive block, with that blocking on the offensive. Excuse me, that run blocking is insane. But yeah, I mean, like, do they start Taysom Hill if he's good enough to go over Trevor Simeon next week or this Thursday? I don't know, Matt. I don't know if it matters. I think you have to. Like Trevor Simeon is just so much more dynamic. And the last thing I'll say about Thanksgiving is like, thank goodness we have DFS. Can you imagine trying to watch these games without action? Yeah. I, without action, I'm not, I probably still would, but more so in the background. Yeah, agreed. But like, I'm, I'm going to play every single showdown. It's oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm really excited for the DFS portion. Yo, use the promo code stuffing too. I don't come up with these. Use the promo code STUFFING, uh, S-T-U-F-F-I-N-G. That's the and, best one. <laughs> yeah, it might be, honestly, yeah. And and get our NFL – I say this, Matt, now instead of later in the show because you get our Express Pass, our NFL Express Pass for a dollar, which not only includes main site content, for you get the weekly, the whole week for a dollar, but also includes all of the showdown content. Ownership, you'll, we'll talk about that. On the show, uh, the, the top plays tool with all of the, the probabilities that the players will be top play, top overall play, the cat optimal captain, you name it. Uh, all of our showdown stuff, which means, Matt, that if you do it now, you get not just tonight's showdown slate and Sunday and Monday night's showdown slate for week 12, but you get every single bit of content, every tool for every showdown for Thanksgiving, all three of them. And they're huge ones. I remember last year, it wasn't a Millie maker, but they had like 500 K or something for the final showdown that night one. And, you know, Thanksgiving, a yearly tradition for me is losing all my money. So whenever <laughs> I'm, and typically it's been Marvin Jones scoring three touchdowns on Thanksgiving day. So thank goodness he's not in Detroit anymore, but you know, Detroit's always in that early slot. I faded Marvin Jones, three touchdowns come. And then I have to just jam entries into showdown, which I, I will be doing this year as well. But thank goodness we don't have Marvin Jones. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a good thing, I, I, but you name that. Like I could name a thousand guys that have burned me on Thanksgiving. So I take Marvin Jones out of the equation. I could give you 20 more. The other guy's Amari and thank goodness he's not playing. 
Yeah. Watch, it's going to be like Cedric Wilson this week. Well, for you know who it was for me last year? It was, uh, was it last year? The No. Last year, the Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson had two goal line touchdowns in the first like 10 minutes of that game. Remember? Yeah, he was like the fifth best running back play. And every, I remember content all that week is like Adrian Peterson, he might score. And then he scored twice and burned us. Yeah. But you seriously use that. It's a dollar for the entire week NFL Express Pass. Uh, of course, main slate content, you got the lineup builder light in there and a bunch of other stuff, but all of the showdown tools and content and articles for one, two, three, four. That's like six showdown slates from now. This is a perfect day to do it. Monday through Monday, get every showdown slate for the next week. It's awesome. All right, let's dive into this. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Again, thanks for being patient with us as we got off to a, a late start here. But if you haven't done so, help us combat the YouTube algorithm or overlooked, I should say, feed the algorithm here and, uh, you know, keep putting out some free content. We love to do this. We love having you guys with us and subscribe. If you haven't done so yet, 63,300 subscribers, we're getting the 70 K sooner than later. Thanks to you guys. So appreciate you in advance for doing both of those things. You'll thank us later for subscribing. Well, I should use that as a catch line, man. I should a tagline. That's pretty good. Not bad, right? your head. Thanks in advance for all your support. You'll thank us later. All right, let's talk about the New York Giants and Tampa Bay Bucks. Ten and a half point spread here. You told me right before the show, and of course, 49 and a half point total. Tampa has a 30 point implied total themselves. You told me right before we started, you think Tampa just blows the doors off the Giants tonight. I think they're a significantly better team. You have Tampa coming off the loss to Washington. So if you want to get into narratives, I mean, narrative is certainly there for this like revenge style. And then New York, they're just a team in complete disarray right now. They're not going to have Sterling Shepard, who I view as their best pass catcher. We'll see what we get out of Saquon, but they're a team that I, I didn't like to begin with. And then you look at some of the injuries. It's not something I think that's trending in a positive direction for them. Tampa Bay, they should be getting back Gronk, so maybe a little bit healthier for them. But ultimately, I think it's just a Giants team far, far weaker overall in roster, what they put on the field, than Tampa Bay. Matt, I'm sorry. Just, just to backtrack for one second. Somebody said Turkey is overrated. Totally agree. I will eat it for sure because it's a key component to a Thanksgiving dinner, but there is no doubt that Turkey is probably the, the least favorite of mine of all of the, of all of the sides and, and all of the options on the menu for Thanksgiving, just throwing it out there. I don't think Thanksgiving food is particularly good. I would, really? I would rather like order pizza or something. You'd rather have a quick trip hot dog. I uh, dude. I so saw I, I went back and I watched the video. I shouldn't about have started you, this. I watched the video you and Adam made. I did not bring my girlfriend to Quick Trip for our first date. I didn't. I did not do that. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I didn't. That was pretty funny, though, right? Uh, that was funny. You got me pretty I said, good. I said afterwards that I was kidding. I think the worst part is that Adam, he's like, I believed you. <laughs> Adam thought you were serious. Yeah, he goes, at no point did I think that wasn't true until you said you were joking. Yeah, that's great. Stuffing is, is the best. My, my, my wife's whole family is Italian. They do like sausage stuffing. And at first I thought it was gross. And now I want nothing other than that. It's amazing, Matt. Phenomenal. You might even like it. I've never had it, but it does sound good. It's awesome. We should do, we could do, I'll do, you come over Thanksgiving. I'll do hot dog stuffing for you. How's that? Oh, thank you. You got it, bro. All right, let's talk about the Giants. 19 and a half point total. Uh, again, 49 and a half point total here in the game. They're, they're 10 and a half point dogs in Tampa. 
Is there any weather today? There was so much weather down south yesterday. Not to my knowledge. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Um, no, I think we're good. A little bit of wind, but nothing significant. So that's that's good. Matt, I, I'm looking at our top plays tool. And again, use the promo code stuff and get in on this action with us. It's a dollar if you want to use these tools with us. The top play probability, the highest one for anyone here, is Daniel Jones at 14.8. He's got a pretty high leverage score, less than 10% owned in the captain spot. And I've noticed, and you pointed this out as well, that we were looking on Odd Shopper, just trying to get some action in on some props early in the day before they move. Our projections, which you can see at Odd Shopper, are pr pretty high on the Giants passing game today. They are. And speaking of Odd Shopper specifically, anytime I see stuff like this, and obviously you can't like parlay a lot of these props because of the same game rules and stuff, but you can take them individually. So one thing I would be looking to do when we have such a huge discrepancy, like for the Giants offense as a whole, is try to parlay some of these. So we have the, the best one you pointed out to me, which I think is a smash bet, is the over on Kadarius Tony receiving yards. But you can also take like Daniel Jones and these props are correlated. So even though you, you can't like parlay them, if Daniel Jones hits the over on his passing yards, there's a pretty decent chance like he brings Tony with him. We have some positive ROI on like Darius Slayton. So there, there's a lot to like with this Giants offense overall. Dude, we have Tony right now with an insane, insane uh, ROI, uh, expected ROI. If you guys have an account on Bet Rivers, and, and I'm not trying to shill anything to you because if you have an account on Bet Rivers, we have him projected for 66.6 yards, and Bet Rivers is 39 and a half. They still have him under 40 yards today at minus 112. Like DraftKings isn't bad. It's at 42 and a half. FanDuel's better at 41 and a half, but 39 and a half at minus 112. We haven't projected it 66.6 yards today, 77% expected win rate. Uh, I already hit it. And I think this is one of those spots where people, this is what I wanted to start with, Matt. I looked at this and I saw Tony last week with one target. All right. Now, Sterling Shepard's out. Saquon Barkley is questionable. He has been practicing, but it's really hard to say, uh, and this might not seem like it's important to anybody, but Dante Pettis hit the IR, so he's done as well. We only saw one target last week from Tony, but they only threw 20 times, and I think only like 17 of those were targeted attempts from Daniel Jones, Matt. So you have Galladay, you have Tony, you have Ingram. I mean, Kyle Rudolph led the team in, 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 in targets last week. So what is it about this team right now that you look at it at least for me i will say this they're not they're going to struggle to run i know last week washington was smart and they just continued to run the football right they continued to run the football against tampa despite very little success in terms of efficiency but gibson punched it in twice they got the win mind you tom brady had an off day that offense had an off day i don't think that offense has an off day tonight at home in tampa like they did last week. And if that's the case, you're not just going to be able to pound the rock with Devontae Booker, who's also questionable, and Saquon Barkley, who's been out since week five, Matt. This is one of the worst offensive lines in football, and they haven't had much success running the ball at all this year. Most of the success they've had individually has been volume-based. Every time we talk about Devontae Booker for DFS and stuff like that, it's purely volume. It has nothing to do with efficiency. 
And Daniel Jones has only been below 30 attempts once all season. And that came in their last game. He, he had another game where he got hurt. So I'm excluding that game. But last week against Las Vegas or two weeks ago, they had the bye. That's the only time he's been below 30 attempts all year. So I'm not going to look too much into that. I think he's well above 30 attempts here. And that's why some of these passing props are just so good. I think it's literally just recency bias. Nothing suggests that they should be able to run one Tampa Bay historically is a very strong run defense game script projects to be certainly pass favorable for the giants. They're going to be losing this game by 10 points. If it plays to the, to the overall spread. So Daniel Jones, Kadarius, Tony, and, and the Kadarius, Tony one's ridiculous with Sterling Shepard out on a normal week. Like he probably has a median of like eight targets. Right. Yeah. That. So, okay. How many, how many targets would you, would you think is a reasonable number for, for Kadarius Tony today? I think he's between eight and 10. Really? Like he's there. He's their clear. Number one. We haven't projected at 5.2 receptions. Which that's probably solid. Like, I'm, I'm saying that's, that's, that's in line with what you're saying. Like I'm pulling up his target share on the year right now, just because I don't know it off the top of my head, but 13% target share in the year. And then you want to just isolate the games where Tony's been, I don't know what do you want to call him? Like a full-time player. We, we could call him yeah, in the offense. Yeah. yeah. His target share shoots way up above 20%. And now we don't like, don't have Sterling Shepard because like there's been injuries on and off for this team all year. Sometimes Sterling's played, sometimes he hasn't, but Kadarius has been like a huge benefit and there's not to mention like Kadarius has some games where he's exited himself because of injury so some of these games it's hard it's hard to even like take his full target share because he hasn't played the whole time but he is clearly a focal point of the offense when he's healthy would you hit the over here on the prop two for receptions we DraftKings has uh over four and a half or I'm sorry they have four and a half but the under is juiced heavy the over is plus 125 a lot of hold on this one obviously but Plus one twenty five on the over four and a half. If you if you like eight to ten targets, that's got to be a decent spot. Yeah, and I our projections reflect that as well. So Odd Shopper, the best part about it is it just takes our projections and then it calculates everything for you. It tells you where the best bet is, your chance of winning it, and what your expected ROI is. And this is still one that you can bet based on just our projections purely. We did all the narrative stuff talking about Sterling being out, how many times the Giants are throwing, what this game looks like, and Kadarius's role. All that bodes well for the over on these props. It is one I would take. Me too. Maybe a little same game parlay action on yes. DraftKings. I don't know. I just live in Wisconsin, man. So I, I, like, I can't get all these books. It's, it's tough. The problem with those same game parlays too is like you don't actually know what the odds should be because there's no unders on anything. There's no odds on anything. It's just they calculate the odds after your second pick, you know? Yeah. But it's fun if, if you like those D-Gen type bets. I, I think Tony's really interesting and you're not getting him at a massive discount. Let me be clear. I think he's reasonably priced. What about Galladay? I think Galladay is fine. It's just like looking at this particular game, Tony's cheaper, not by a lot, but it, it does matter. And I already built lineups today that lineup, the 200, I believe is their price difference. Mm -hmm. it, do, it does matter. It's very important. And then you just want to talk about specifics against Tampa Bay in this bad, bad offensive line that the Giants have. If Daniel Jones doesn't have a lot of time, these kind of situations are always going to benefit your underneath receivers, your slot receivers. And Tony's used a little bit like Rondale Moore too, in addition to just the raw targets he has. A lot of them come on these gadgety type plays because he is so good with the ball in space. So you'll see him in little bubble screens. 
these sort of like jet motion type, like pitches, things like that, just to get him the ball because he is so dynamic. And I think that brings a solid floor. Whereas Galladay is going to be more your pure perimeter receiver. The one that, you know, you need jump balls, contested catches, situations like that. So I think I like Galladay a lot. And I think for GPPs at nearly this, the same price point, Galladay is fine, but just for safety, low risk contest, stuff like that. Kadarius has a better floor. All right. Hey, where do you go with some of these tight ends? I mean, Ingram and Kyle Rudolph are, there's a vast difference in price point here. I don't know how much different the projection should be on these guys. Yeah. It's plus like Ingram has been so bad all yeah. year. He's, he's been one of the worst tight ends in football. And I know they use him basically like a wide receiver, but ultimately, like we talk about this all the time, especially for showdown when these guys are on the field, you need to consider them. It's with the giants in particular. It, the part of the issue is they've had so many injuries. So my, my question for the Giants specifically is how much of the Engram usage has just been because like Galladay's missed game, Shepard's missed game, Slayton's missed games, Tony's missed games. Like what would his target share be if everybody was fully healthy? So with like, even in their most recent game, Kyle Rudolph is splitting time, like nearly 50, 50 with him. Kyle Rudolph's actually had more work in the past game of late. Engram they'll use a lot as a slot, but with him getting heavier, I, I just have more concerns about the role moving forward. So Tony's your favorite pass catching option from the Giants. How would you order them in terms of priority outs or behind him? Should we factor in price? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And we'll build a lineup before we close the show out. I'm, I, I haven't built any yet, so I'm curious to see where you're going with this $200 mattering. I'm assuming you've got a couple spots where you've needed just a couple hundred bucks or even $100 to get you where you need to go. Right. So for, for price, looking at the top, like, Galladay, Tony, and Engram are essentially the same price. There's 200 difference between them all. You have 7K for Galladay, 6.8 for Tony, 6.6 for Engram. And I think Tony is the best floor there. So he's number one. And you can't play multiple of them unless you just completely flip the build and you ignore like Jones and, and Brady and some of the studs for Tampa. But number two for me is Darius Slayton. Without Sterling Shepard, you should see Slayton playing a large role. I think their three wide receiver sets are going to be Slayton, Galladay, and Kadarius Tony. So Slayton at his price point, which is 3,200, the target share is not going to be consistent on a week to week basis. And I think at best, he's the pass catcher number three in the offense, depending on how you want to rank Engram. But Slayton's just a lot cheaper and he fills out your build with a player who has a consistent role. It's going to be a spotty role week to week, but he's number two. No, number three is probably Rudolph for price as well. He's even cheaper than Slayton. The worry with Rudolph is that he's just, sorry, I just dropped my mouse, that Rudolph is like mostly a blocker when he's out there. He's going to play like 50% of the snaps and he will split time with Ingram. So all things considered, I would go number one, Tony, number two, Slayton, number three, Rudolph, and then flip a coin between Ingram and Galladay, probably Galladay four, Ingram five. I like it. I would go Rudolph second. And, and here's why. Purely based on price purely based on the fact that every single week in a showdown slate, a tight end scores. No, that's not actually, that's <laughs> not actually life. Wrong. Facts of life. Yeah, but it does. I mean, death, Matt, taxes, and tight end scoring on showdown slates, right? But in all seriousness, Kyle Rudolph over the last four weeks leads the team in goal line targets, leads the team in red zone targets, and the guy right behind him, Sterling Shepard, who's not playing. So, yes, Evan Ingram's got a pair of goal line targets, uh, two uh, only two red zone targets over the last four weeks. 
Um, and last four weeks, I should say last three games, actually, because they had a bye. But yeah, Kyle Rudolph is somebody that Daniel Jones will look to in the red zone. And when it all boils down to it, Matt, if I get two for 35 and a touchdown from Rudolph or two for 25 and a touchdown from Rudolph, even at that price point, a guy that has a 36% red zone target share over the last three weeks, I'm willing to take some shots. I think that's very, very cheap. And I, I guess I'll put it to you this way. Unless ownership is, is a, unless there's a huge disparity here, there is no reason he should be a third the price of Evan Ingram. And the ownership actually works in your favor because we have him like way, way, way down the ownership ranks here. And right now he's coming in around 5%. Engram's not drawing a lot of like ownership himself. I think that's mainly because of price, but Engram's still at 17% compared to around five for Kyle Rudolph. So I think you are right. Not only is it savings you're getting in price, but the ownership leverage you gain as well. And I think a lot of people in that range are just going to try to play Darius Slayton. He's not that much more expensive. So I think if you're just looking for one for one pivots, and this isn't always the case, you need to consider your lineup as a whole. But one, if you're playing a large field tournament, people aren't going to be on Rudolph as much. And then if you use him as a one for one pivot with Slayton, you're probably leaving a decent amount of salary on the table, which we know, generally speaking, that can give you leverage as well, because people, casuals especially, just try to max out that salary no matter what. Kyle Rudolph, anytime score plus 800, Matt. That seems a bit, <laughs> that seems a bit ridiculous. Kind of does though, right? I think, well, one, the Giants aren't expected to score a lot of points to begin with, but they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. The total in this game is decent. It's nearly 50 points. Yeah. I, I mean, it's an 11% implied probability on, on Rudolph scoring. I mean, look, the guy has one touchdown all year. Let's not get carried away, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like him today. I would put him second. I'd put him up there with Slayton with you, though, because I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Slayton's cheap, and if he gets a couple of those deep targets, all you need is him to connect on one of these, for sure. He's cheap. They're, both of these guys, very cheap. I think Ingram's the odd man out, unless ownership, unless because it's always in flux. Throughout the day, things will change. Unless it changes where Ingram just bottoms out, and then you're saying, all right, I'm playing this guy because I'm getting leverage off of some of the other ones and Rudolph comes up. That's different. But if Rudolph's a third of the ownership and price of, of, of Ingram, I think that's a no brainer, Matt. So um, yeah, go ahead. Now, Ingram, I was going to say he's his price and ownership combination, looking at them in conjunction with each other makes the least sense to me on the entire slate. I, I cannot figure out 100%. why his ownership is so high at this hundred percent agree. Uh, yeah, William, it definitely it. Oh, he said it will be Rudolph. Yeah, I could I could see that being the case for sure. Anybody else in the passing game, or should we hit on uh, Barkley and Devonte Booker because this is kind of a mess? And I'm like with Barkley, you're he already has not been effective as a rusher, Matt, and that's been the case for the past couple of years. Let's give him somewhat of a pass. You know, I'll absolve him of some of those. Uh, some of that inefficiency because the offensive line has been terrible as well. But if Barkley gets there, this is exactly what I've said about Swift. I think every day of the year, even back into the summer when you and I were doing our fantasy football shows, if he gets there, he's getting there in the passing game and not on the ground nine times out of 10. Yeah, I agree. And Barkley's a phenomenal pass catcher. He's been much, much better earlier in his career with Eli Manning. Like Daniel Jones' skill set's just a little different. One, he's kind of a risky quarterback. He will push the ball downfield, making some questionable decisions. But Jones is mobile. He's definitely not afraid to tuck the ball and run. 
all that does affect the bottom line for Barkley. Maybe not a huge, but when we're talking about showdown and every single target matters, every single play matters, not to mention Barkley coming off the injury. I think at his price point, you would just rather get up and play some of the quarterbacks at that point. But for that reason, like Barkley still ob- obviously has the elite ceiling. He's not coming in with a ton of ownership today, just 30%, five of that coming in the captain spot. But with all that said, he, he still doesn't have like a great leverage score in terms of what we're projecting him, just volume versus ownership. He has the highest negative leverage score out of anybody on this slate. So it appears he's still a little bit over-owned compared to just his median projection today. So he's somebody that I would try to play a quarterback over instead of. Is there anyone else you want to touch on from the Giants? I don't think so. I think we hit just about everybody. I, I think maybe you could talk about some backup running backs that you don't think Barkley is going to play a full work or ha- handle a full workload, but I, I do think he is. Some of that is injury related too, which we just don't have news on. Like Devontae Booker was limited in practice all week. He's questionable. I, I do think he plays, but because of the injury is this more of a 50-50 timeshare, I think you could raise that question. But in a game where we're projected to see the Giants down by 10 points or more, if it's a timeshare, I don't think I want part of either back rather than you know, like potentially targeting one or the other. But at the best case scenario, it's all Saquon Barkley and you could use him for tournaments. Um, iOS Alchemist said screens and dumps all night for and dump offs. It means for I hope they're not dumping on the field. Uh, for <laughs> for Giants running backs, I, I think you're right. The problem I have that with this, Matt, is you're paying a premium for well, I shouldn't say a premium because it's not like Barkley's ultra expensive, but he has been out for what a, a while now since week five. If you're paying for the hope that he breaks a screen pass and takes it to the house, which I think you're right, you're going to see a lot of those, or just in the flat dump offs to him when all of your other options are covered. It's just that makes it a little bit difficult, but I don't know. Does how much of Barkley's ownership is going to play for you? How much of ownership is going to play into you getting to Barkley today? Right now, he's coming in around 30% and 5% of captain. Yeah, it's going to be huge based on our tools, our top place tool. That's still too much ownership for a guy in a very uncertain role. And I think a lot of it comes down to Daniel Jones is right there in price. You obviously have Brady and you have some elite options at receiver for Tampa Bay. Not, we haven't even considered Fournette yet. There's just a lot of great players in this game that you could see as the optimal captain. Hey, right now, uh, I would be looking to get under the field on Barkley. I'm with you right now. Things can change throughout the day. That's why we got the Live Before Lock show, too, right after NBA Deeper Dive and Live Before Lock. So stick with us throughout the day. But uh, check out uh, No House Advantage, too, if you haven't done so yet. Not only do they match your first deposit bonus up to $25, but all of the tools to get a legitimate edge. The No House Advantage Top top Props Tool, uh, the No House Advantage Optimal Lineups Tool, at Awesome that we designed and built specifically for No House Advantage are free every single day of the week. It's a player prop platform, very cool. Without salaries, none of those constraints. You're simply building lineups based on props. Finding props, they have an insane menu of props over at No House Advantage. You're taking the ones that you have most confidence in. And yo, use Odd Shopper as well. Use our expected win rate, our expected ROI. Use all of that specifically expected win rate to get a better idea of, of which props to take. There's so many ways to get an advantage here because the ones that you're most confident in, you put at the top of the lineup, they get the most points. The ones that you're least confident in go at the bottom, all right? Tournament style, but with player props. It's very cool. 
Uh, it looks good. You can download the app in the App Store, in the Google Play Store. You can go to nohouseadvantage.com, wherever you want to play. But use that promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Use all of the tools that we have at our disposal or that you have at your disposal as well uh, and start winning some money. Football, basketball, PGA, NBA, or sorry, uh, NHL, all of that stuff. Everything available over at No House Advantage. Check it out. Use the promo code. Use our tools. And remember, last thing, most important though, all of that is cool, but all of the props there, unlike some of these other sites and apps, all of them are static. They do not move throughout the day. So you can find real edges comparing them to our projections to other books. Uh, aside from the fact that are other than other places where they're moving throughout the day, take advantage of that. So many ways to win money over at no house advantage. All right, Matt, Tampa Bay. You've got the Tampa Bay box, big favorites here. Uh, I'll just throw this out there. No Antonio Brown kind of weird how DraftKings price all of these guys at the floor that are out. They usually don't do that. I had to find it. Uh, Antonio Brown is out. And then Rob Gronkowski had got two full practices in and then didn't practice on Saturday. I don't know if that's a setback or just rest or whatever, but uh, at the time we're waiting on his status. He's questionable and we'll see what happens. I think most of the news coming out of Tampa Bay suggests he'll play and it's just a rest day. He's a, he's a veteran, okay. but obviously watch the status. You never know with these things. And we have had, I feel like we've had more late news this year than we have in the past. So this is just a feeling. So don't take anything from that. But right away with Tampa Bay, I think the thing you're always looking at is what to do with Tom Brady. In the past, I think the main decision is not whether you play Tom Brady or not, but where do you play him? Do you play him in the captain spot or do you play him in utility? And tonight, it looks like there's a pretty good chance that he's just in the optimal lineup overall. Currently, based on our projections, he's coming on a little more on than he should be in the captain spot. And I think for tournaments, this is where you can make some interesting decisions with some of the pass catchers in particular, like a Mike Evans and a Godwin, because Brady's not mobile. So when he hits his ceiling, there is a chance that, you know, two or three of these touchdowns go to one individual player. And in that kind of game script, in that kind of game environment, there's a decent chance that one of them could outscore Brady. So for tournaments, one thing I really like to do is take some of these pass catchers like a Godwin. He has a positive leverage scoring captain. You do the same with Mike Evans and then use Brady in the flex where he's under owned compared to our projections. If you're playing cash games, low risk formats, I think you just eat the Brady, the Brady price. You play him in the captain spot, no matter what for FanDuel captain, MVP, whatever you want to call it. But for tournaments, I think that's where you can get creative. I like that. That makes a lot of sense, especially as you pointed out, you look at the top plays tool, you look at the ownership. Um, there's a lot of positive leverage scores right now for some of these guys. I mean, right now, Chris Godwin has a higher ca optimal captain percentage than his captain ownership. He's at 15% top play probability. That's higher than, than both of those. I, I mean, the, the one thing that always fascinates me is our projections always have Mike Evans projected lower than Chris Godwin, sometimes significantly. But in a case like this, Mike, God, Mike Evans is usually cheaper than Chris Godwin. If you look at just throughout the season, he's usually cheaper than Chris Godwin. He's significantly more expensive than Chris Godwin today, which means that ownership should naturally have a, a decent difference as well. And he's getting about 15% less ownership than Godwin. Matt, half of the captain spot ownership as Godwin today, maybe that's a spot to attack because when Evans has a game, Evans has a game. 
You're absolutely right. And I think you pointed out why it's just price related. You have Mike Evans more expensive than like a Daniel Jones. And even though Mike Evans has been incredibly involved, no Antonio Brown raises his target floor. He still just shouldn't have that kind of projection. So the price doesn't make a lot of sense. And conversely, you can get Godwin cheaper than Daniel Jones. So it's much easier to play than both. And every penny does matter on this slate. We don't have our $200 punt plays. You can't just go play all these studs today. So when you're trying to figure out roster construction, eating that kind of salary with Evans, even though he's not that much more expensive than Godwin, it's within $1,000 of DraftKings. It does matter a lot. And it's interesting to see even our tools Reflecting Godwin is a much better play at the current ownership we have. So you mentioned the the current ownerships. Godwin is coming in more owned than Mike Evans. But with all that said, Godwin still is a positive leverage score and Mike Evans still has a negative leverage score. And I think that comes down to just what fits in the roster around those players. With Mike Evans being so expensive and every penny mattering, he just doesn't build the same kind of rosters that Godwin does today. That's a good point. No doubt. But man, Mike, I just, the, the thing about Mike, Mike Evans, it's always so appealing to me is that ceiling. It's not to say Godwin doesn't have it, but Mike Evans is like the king of go, getting blanked and then coming back the next game and having multiple touchdowns, right? He's got three multiple touchdown games this season. Um, that's, he has a three touchdown game against Chicago, the two touchdown game against Miami. Mike Evans, in terms of red zone opportunities, is almost second to none, Matt. So, like, on a showdown slate, if you were to say who's most likely, and maybe I'm wrong here, to have a multiple multiple touchdown game, and I'm just saying this like I, this is just anecdotal, but it feels this way. It sure feels like Mike Evans would be that guy. But Chris Godwin has more red zone targets than Evans this year, uh, less goal line targets, but Evans, I guess, has just been absurdly efficient with those red zone targets. Yeah, I, I would say it's Mike Evans. And for the reasons you just mentioned, and then I, I wouldn't even lump like a four net in that category because they just throw the ball so much and they throw the ball so much when they're in the red zone. So I think Mike Evans probably is the most likely player for these multi-touchdown games. We, we just laid out the case for playing Godwin like in a vacuum over Mike Evans. But ultimately, what it comes down to, this is the best offense in football. They're averaging the most points per game. They're over 30 per game. Per game. They're over 10-point favorites here with a massive implied team total. If it plays to what bookmakers are projecting, this Tampa Bay team is going to put up a lot of points. And there's a really real chance that it is Evans and not Godwin. So in tournaments, I'll be playing them both. Based on our projections right now, I will have more Godwin. But that's not, I'm not ignoring Evans at all. The ceiling is clear. And that's part of what we like about this offense so much for DFS. We don't always know where it's going to go and you can create some of these leverage spots. So yeah. I agree with you. I like Evans. There's, there's some days where Brady targets 10 players, Matt, and that's tough. So I have to ask you, are there any other, like if Gronk plays, can we look to him uh, with Antonio Brown out? Should we be saying, all right, you know what? Maybe Tyler Johnson makes some sense that, Tyler Johnson, though, is not particularly cheap. DraftKings has priced Tyler Johnson, uh, you know, preemptively priced him. Well, actually, we knew Antonio Brown was out, but priced him for Antonio Brown being out. Uh, O.J. Howard is, is super cheap on Yahoo. He's minimum salary. You don't have to play minimum salary guys there quite often, though, because of the way the salary structure is. Same with Fandle. DraftKings is a lot different paying one and a half X for your captain. But like, are any of these guys players that we should be looking to at least sprinkle into lineups yeah i think so and 
one thing I want to point out is I think with Gronk coming back, you might run the risk of like all four of those guys playing about 50% of the snaps, like somewhere in that range. Because one, we've seen Tampa Bay increase their rate of 12th personnel when they've had injuries to the big three receivers. Getting Gronk back just helps their player personnel a bit. Now they can use Cameron Brake, OJ Howard, and Gronk to vary their personnel. And then when it is three wide, it looks like Tyler Johnson is the favorite. He's basically beaten out all the other older names that we've, we've come to know and love with this Tampa Bay team. But Tyler Johnson played on nearly 70% of the snaps last week. Again, they did not have Gronk, so they didn't have as much variability with their player personnel. But basically, I think all four of those players will be on the field enough to potentially target for DFS. When we start considering price, you mentioned Tyler Johnson being priced way up, even though Antonio Brown is not going to play. Like sometimes we get these guys below 2K or something, but Johnson does not have that role. So there's a lot of concern with him at that price point. Cameron Brait, I think even he's a little expensive with the return of Gronk. So if you look all the way like down a little bit cheaper in pricing, you can take a guy like OJ Howard, who's pretty cheap below 2K. And I don't think he's going to have a locked in role for this team. But I do think he's on the field for snaps, like 40 to 60%. Maybe, maybe it's a little lower with Gronk returning. But still, if you're looking for pure punt plays, OJ Howard is going to play a role, and he's below 2K. I have to throw – who did you say is below 2K? OJ Howard. Yeah. I, I got to throw one more wrinkle into this. So, Scotty Miller has been on the IR, Right. He's somebody that probably would have gotten some additional opportunities whenever these, uh, whenever they're missing one of the wide receivers here, one of the top three guys. He was expected to return last week against Washington and didn't. I'm not seeing anything concrete, but I think it's possible that Miller could be back tonight. If that happens, I mean, if that happens, I want nothing to do with, with Tyler Johnson, but could Miller actually get into the mix? He played over Tyler Johnson last year. Like that's clearly, what I'm saying. Yeah, clearly out of him. And Miller, he has a different skill set. Like I just Tyler dropped jo- my mouse too, by the way. So pardon me as I pick it up. I dropped mine already today too. To, um, I know. With with Miller, he plays a different role than like a Tyler Johnson. If we want to get our hand in the dirt and talk about what these receivers do, Tyler Johnson is his best alignment is in the slot. It's where he played at Minnesota, and he's had a lot of success there. But Scotty Miller can rotate around the formation. He has pretty good speed, actually, too. They use him a lot as like a situational deep threat in the offense. So he, in some ways, is a little bit more of a one-for-one replacement for Antonio Brown. But ultimately, I think this probably is rotation. Again, Scotty Miller's probably going to have to get his legs under him. He's played. So this is a guy I don't know if they want out there for a full complement of snaps. His return would just squeeze Tyler Johnson further. And we already mentioned a couple of ways that Tyler Johnson's being squeezed at that price point. The only reason I'm playing him is just for leverage in tournaments. Got it. So really it would just make both of them pretty unappealing, but yeah, at least right. pay attention, pay attention though. Scotty Miller is minimum salary Min- on a slate where you've got a lot of good players. If you plug them in as your last flex, and he plays like 30% of snap. I'm just throwing it out there. You never know. Two or three receptions from Scotty uh, could, could turn things around, but who knows? It's, it's really tough to say. Matt, close us out. with. We already know what to do with Brady. Like you said, you, you just it's not about playing him. It's where to play him. We're going to build a lineup right now before we turn it over to the NBA strategy show. But uh, anybody you want to touch on in the backfield, particularly Leonard Fournette? Yeah, I like Fournette's a really good play on FanDuel, I think, where his price is a little more palatable. He's pretty darn expensive on DraftKings. And I think you always run the risk of like 
do they involve other backs? And it's been Fournette for the most part. We've seen this change at like the drop of a pin. So I'm, I'm not always the most confident in Fournette, especially when he's at this price. Not to mention their high rate of throwing the ball near the red zone. There's been multiple games this year where I've seen them go down to the goal line and think, all right, Fournette's going to get his multi-touchdown game. And you just see Brady elevating those touchdown stats he has throughout his career. I mean, it's just ridiculous how many touchdowns he's thrown. But Fournette always has upside for that reason. They're going to score a lot of points. The Giants definitely don't have a good run defense. I'm just more likely to play him on FanDuel because of his pricing over there. Makes sense. Uh, he does have 10 red zone targets this season, which is kind of crazy that they've used him there. No, no touchdowns receiving, but maybe there's a little bit of upside just knowing that uh, Ronald Jones can get a little work in the passing game. Uh, I'm with you though. He is, or I'm sorry, Leonard Fournette, not Ronald Jones. His expense though. Are, are you getting to any Ronald Jones or is this just a spot at this point you want to avoid? I'll get to some of him in tournaments, but honestly, not a ton. All right. Uh, last question, Matt. Kickers and defense before we make this lineup. Far more likely to play Tampa Bay with the propensity for turnovers we've seen from Daniel Jones at points in time. But ultimately, this is a higher scoring game, 49 and a half point total, 50 in some spots. So with that kind of scoring, it's just more likely that the skill position players outscore the kickers and the defense unless you get some crazy special teams variants or a pick six or something like that. So more likely on the Tampa Bay side with both the defense and the kicker but obviously never trying to force these things, just getting them when I do. And on high-scoring environments, it just typically is a little bit less. All right. Ready to build a lineup, man? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. We got 361 people watching on a Monday morning for a Giants-Tampa game. We're happy that you guys have joined us, having your coffee, whatever it is, West Coast, super early, East Coast, mid-morning, doesn't matter. Subscribe, too, if you haven't done so yet. And uh, if you want to join, hit that join down below. Get the custom emojis, the badges to get cooler over time. Get a free super chat every month. What else? Oh, yeah. Priority questions. Whenever you have them, comments, we'll always hit you up and shout you out. And you get to join the family here at Awesome O. Join the team. All right. So, Matt, you said you built some lineups already. What are we doing as far as captain goes on DraftKings large field tournament? Large field tournament. All right. So I want to throw something at you. Hey, I man. looked at our captain optimals. Do you know, okay, so you can probably guess the top three, but who do you think outside of Godwin, Brady, or Daniel Jones is the next highest optimal captain in terms of our projections? It's got to be Tony. I think we build one with Tony. It's got, is it Tony? It is, right? It is Tony. It is Tony. Let's do it. Hell yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm all about it. Let's go with the Kadarius Tony captain. Why not? Let's have some He's fun. our fourth highest projected optimal captain. He is, he is the fourth highest chance of being the optimal captain. Yeah, he's got like a 9% or 10% leverage score, I think. Yeah, he's got a That's great a leverage score. Yeah. All right, Tony, I dig it. Uh, I'm going to go Daniel Jones then. It, it only makes sense. If we're playing Tony at captain, I want to get Daniel Jones in there. Uh, and then we'll probably at some point have another New York Giants pass catcher, but we still have four spots to go and yeah, 7,500 remaining per player. So we have a lot of salary because we used Tony in the caps and we created some leverage there. I think we can just take the layup with Brady. We mentioned all the reasons you want to play him in your lineup. The decision is not whether to play him or not. It's where to play him. So we'll just slot him in and flex. Okay. I like it. And captain ownership on Tony is not that high. It's not that low, but still it's, it's pretty nice. So let's, we're not looking that bad here. I think we can still play whoever we want. I, 
I want to go Mike Evans here. I, I know it's a negative leverage score, but I want to see what happens if we go Evans, Matt, because I think you're going to see a lot of Godwin in these lineups. Uh, let's go Evans and see what happens. Completely fine with it. I think from there you have some really interesting decisions to make, but I could see uh, the reason I don't like Slayton a ton for this particular lineup is because you probably end up with a kicker or a defense. So I kind of like going down and playing either Rudolph or an OJ Howard. Let, let's play Rudolph and see what we can get. All right, let's try it. Oh, are we in the dead zone? Well, there's Gronk. Oh, that's Gronk. interesting. I mean, if Gronk's active and, and he's fine and he's good to go, just the fact that he is such an insane red zone threat. I'm fine is, with Gronk. Yeah, I am too. I am too. That's a sick lineup. Tony, I like it a lot. Jones, Brady, Evans, Rudolph, and Gronk. And like, just, again, sorry, real quick. If you wanted to do crazy stuff, you could go to OJ or you could go Scotty Miller and hope he plays 30% of snaps. And then you have 8,600 remaining, which gives you some room elsewhere. You can't get to Godwin though, but you can get to, you know, a Barkley if you're going nuts or a God, a Galladay. But I, I like the build that we have here. It seems a little bit balanced, but also it's not going to be a mainstream lineup either. I don't think. I like our lineup a lot. I think it's very good. Awesome. Hey, Matt, what do you got going on throughout the rest of the day? I know you got your uh, fingers in a lot of pies recently, sports-wise. Yeah, me, me and Ben are doing the breakfast menu betting show today. Otherwise, a ton of college content, doing other college basketball and college football projections. So there will be – it's a huge week for college football, Thanksgiving week, not just big for NFL, but it's Friday rivalry where they split the Saturday slate between Saturday and Friday. So there's a ton of content for the Friday games, a ton of content for the Saturday games as well. Beautiful. And the Awesome Odds channel will have a ton of that stuff as well. Stick around. Coming up next, NBA Strategy Show, 10-game slate. Josh Ingeman, Adam Share, taking you up to 11.15, then 11.30. NFL Strategy Show recap, Monday morning quarterback. Definitely check that out. Uh, it'll help you get a better feel for this past week and everything to do going forward. We'll see you back here shortly and tonight on NBA, MLB. MLB NFL almost had him. I was crushing there. And I'm not reading a prompter like they do in the media, Matt. I'm just winging it. NFL live before lock tonight at 7.15, taking you up to kickoff. Peace.